The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. All right, my friends, the culture war is on. Couldn't have a better day for it. Uh, lots of bright sunshine and sunshiny faces here in the studio as well. Today's warriors, the Dr. Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Back with us, Scott. Good to see you again. Good to see you, John. Likewise, Sherry DeNovo uh, with the NDP in the legislature, the MPP for Parkdale High Park. How's Sherry doing? I'm doing very, very well. Also a doctor, by the way, theology. Well. United Church. So we're doctors dueling. It'll be a meeting of the minds, uh, mm. so to speak, but uh, mm. I'm not sure you'll be on the same page. Now, let's start with this one. This is a highly controversial and polarizing figure, to say the least. Dr. Henry Morgenthaler passed last week at the age of 90, and certainly his legacy uh, is fraught with all kinds of uh, different interpretations. I guess in simplistic terms, I would ask, heroic or diabolical, if uh, those two extremes are somehow there on the spectrum at all. What would you say, Scott Masson? I would say diabolical, as you would have thought, John. Um, the consequence of this, uh, the, the banning or the breaking of the uh, law against abortion in Canada has been uh, over 3 million uh, deaths of children. Morgan Toller himself <laughs> personally administered 80,000 clinical deaths of the unborn. Uh, there's a uh, a child that dies 12 every every hour in Canada as a consequence of this. Uh, furthermore, I would say that uh, abortion has by and large liberated men from the fear of fatherhood, but not pregnancy. Uh, so if a woman gets pregnant, uh, what the abortion does is it serves to reduce uh, the responsibility of men to take care of, of their families. The consequence of this is uh, as we've seen, a rampant uh, a breakdown of the family such that women are left to fend for themselves. And uh, the, the social cohesion uh, has been massive since this. And it's a, it's a direct consequence of men being freed from the shackles of fatherhood. So abortion has, has actually done more to damage women as well as killing untold millions of children. Now, I would say it's a genocide, quite frankly. So, All right, but, but that's an interesting aspect to bring into the equation as well. Over to Sherry DeNovo now. Obviously, Scott says diabolical. Would you oppose him in saying Morgenthaler was heroic for uh, emancipating women or reproductive rights? Absolutely. And uh, what I just heard was is complete and utter balderdash, in fact, offensive balderdash. Uh, Morgenthaler himself survived a Holocaust. He was an inmate at Auschwitz and came out of that in his early 20s, weighing 70 pounds. What he did for women in this country is nothing less than heroic. He saved women's lives. And to quote Bertha Wilson, who was Chief Justice when this uh, diabolical law uh, uh, was overturned, she said the right of a woman to choose to reproduce or not to reproduce is an integral part of a woman's humanity and dignity. To force a woman to be pregnant uh, is a cruel and unusual punishment. And it was real so under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms 
victims. Uh, we know before the law was overturned that hundreds of women died every year. In fact, when Brian Mulroney attempted to reintroduce the law in the early 90s, within a week, a young woman bled to death from a self-induced abortion. And I know the vast majority of Canadians agree with me. In fact, only 6% of Canadians think the way Scott does. The vast majority think that the that where we're at is where we should be at, that women should have a right to choose and to choose to have a, a happy, healthy pregnancy and to have every child a wanted child. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you're saying is that the millions, the countless millions that are murdered in the womb... They're not, are not murdered. We're talking about um, embryos. And I can tell you point blank that there is no scientific consensus, not even close, well, on, when humanity, is, on when human life begins. Really? Um, and in fact, if you would rule uh, an embryo or a fetus uh, in its early stages as a child, uh, then you're really subjugating an adult woman's rights... Uh, to an embryos, which I think most Canadians find patently ridiculous. Well, let's stick with uh, and, the science and, and here. And also, let's stick with the know, science what here, Sherry. What you are actually proposing is cruel. I stood outside of Morgenthaler's clinics escorting young girls, many of whom had been raped, to have uh, the only abortion open to them. Something uh, like by 3% him. of the cases are, that will be the case. Uh, and, uh, let's but stick again, with the science here, Sherry. The, the, the development of a human being begins at conception no, it, and it continues after absolutely birth. Not. I continue. Well, two thirds of all human embryos are aborted spontaneously. So, right. so uh, if you want the... to argue that theologically, you would say that the Creator is the greatest abortionist of all. Two thirds of all embryos. There's a difference are between death and murder, Sherry. This is a logical abor- difference, aborted. which apparently you can't understand. There's absolutely nothing in the Bible about abortion. I used to have my confirmation children try to find such a reference, and they never could. Of course, there is. There's a there's a, a two men contending over a woman who caused uh, the death of the child, whether willfully or, un- or unwillingly, if the child dies, there That's will be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Of course you know it is. All right, if I may just interject, because I mean, I know uh, this debate is never going to be settled. It's been going on and uh, from time immemorial, so we're sort of rehashing that. But Scott, when you said uh, something interesting, that added dimension culturally, and this is, after all, the culture war, that somehow this absolves men of certain responsibilities, and that has a ripple effect or lasting implications, ramifications throughout the broader culture, uh, Sherry DeNova, how do you comment to that? Well, it's just patently absurd. I mean, this is it, this does not affect family life. Uh, you know, all these 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 horror stories of what might happen. You know, should abortion be legal, and what might happen if same sex marriage became legal have all proved to be false. The actual reality is, family life, as it always is, is is just as functional or dysfunctional as the case may be, independent of either of those changes in the legal system. And the bottom I guess, line is, I guess do we cust- want children to, to be loved and wanted, or or not? Do we actually want to force women to be pregnant? This is patently that's not uh, the point. Un, the point uh, is ungodly. To... I would say um, we want children to be loved. There are enough unloved, unwanted children in no, the we, in we world. No, we understand that. That's the we ideal. understand that point. The point here is that men. Uh, these days can choose only sex but not fatherhood. M- mothers alone determine whether children is, can be allowed to exist. Would you let me finish, please? I've let you speak. Okay, men. hang on, Sherry. Let, let sure. Legalized abortion was supposed to grant enormous freedom to women. It has had the preser- perverse result of freeing men and trapping women. 
and this has been this has been commonly observed. It's produced the social catastrophe, which is evident in patterns of female poverty and the abandonment of both women and children by irresponsible males. That it, it has weakened the moral protections and obligations that bound men to women and children, and it's effectively allowed men to demand abortion as a means of escaping their responsibility to marry and to take responsibility Could you for say the children. That, uh, as much because well, now it's a woman's right to choose, so it's all on her. Well, would you also say the pill did that back in the sixties? No, the 50s? I would not. Because that's not there's still an element of volition there, and you're not going to hold a woman responsible first because the the pill is not foolproof. You can still have conceive a child even on the pill, whereas here the woman is actually choosing. So if she chooses to have the child, it's on her. It's her responsibility. So there's pressure on on the woman, and 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 surgeons will will themselves pressure women to have abortion, particularly if the child is going to be handicapped. So men now pressure women precisely because it's all on the woman, and they, they're absolved of the responsibility, and we can see this societally. So we see the social breakdown of the family as a direct consequence of the abortion law. Absolute balderdash and uh-huh. nonsense. In fact, the the logical extension of your argument would be to say that, uh, just like I said, every child should be a water child. Every marriage should be a marriage entered into freely and full of and with love, not because people have to get married. I mean, that concept has produced the more dysfunctional families than than the idea that that marriage is chosen freely, not because you have to be there. More dysfunctional um, families and, than and we have today, frankly, Sherry. Uh, 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 you know, quite frankly, uh, dysfunctional families have always been there. And abortion, Pure by assertion. the way, has always been there. It's just that the law, uh, thanks to Henry Morgenthaler and to huge numbers of women and other activists, men as well, who fought to change the law for women's sakes, that law has freed women and and it's freed families to to be about love and about, dis- about want, uh, wanted children and not uh, because they have to be there. That's what we should be about. Would you, would you uh, is there anything to Scott's point, say, in the, the broader scope, social mores uh, having shifted in the last generation or two has led to uh, a breakdown in family units, societal consequences, or twas it ever thus? As uh, it twas ever thus. In fact, it was far nonsense. worse when women nonsense. were not considered equal. Pure and assertion women and, and balderdash and nonsense, uh, to use your word. You would argue that the emancipation of women, that women's right to vote has led to the breakdown in the I family. I most certainly would not do that. Um, well, I'm talking about it. Let's stick to the, let's stick to the case and not get off the topic. If you're looking at the 50s and 60s, you're looking at a period when women did not have uh, equal rights with men in terms of off employment. Off topic. Let's stick to the topic. Uh, well, but you're, where is this halcyon error that you're pointing I'm to? We're talking about a halcyon area. We're talking about the right to abort on demand, which places the entire uh, responsibility for the child on the woman. So for the first time in history, it's called the, the father and the doctor choose. and the health insurance actuary can point a finger at the woman as the person who allowed an inconvenient human being to come into the world. Your, cho- your choice of words, an inconvenient human being, I an unwanted child. I actually didn't say inconvenient You said an unwanted point. child. An unwanted child. Right. Is, All right. Well, why don't I put it to the folks? a woman to be pregnant. Uh, let me That's put it to the folks evil. quickly now. In the passing of Henry Morgenthaler late last week, I wasn't here, so our first crack at this with Dr. Scott Masson from the Westminster Chapel in Toronto and Dr. Sherry DeNovo with the NDP and the legislature. Uh, how do you see Morgenthaler through the prism of the 90 years that he lived, but the, more recently the, the legacy as a, a provider of abortions and defying the law until it was changed? Heroic or diabolical? We'll take some fast calls. 
All right, we get back into the culture war with the Warriors. Dr. Scott Masson and Cherry DeNovo. And the issue is, of course, uh, the Morgenthaler legacy, having passed at 90 late last week. Wondering if, uh, in fact, he was heroic or diabolical, how you assessed that he was given the Order of Canada. But uh, in response, there were some people who actually turned theirs back in uh, Mm -hmm. because they felt that that was inappropriate. So you can see a polarizing figure, to be sure. Just wanted to suss out how you feel in hindsight. Jason, let's take your call. Good morning, Oakley Show. Good morning, John. Great day for Talk Radio. Thank you, my friend. Um, uh, to be honest, I, I, I had to I reach for the phone. This sanctimonious clown that you just had on. Well, no, no ad hominems. Let's just talk did, uh, to the did issue. He, did he? Okay, he was a hero. Morgan Fowler was a hero, an absolute hero, because it's 2013. And in this man's lifetime, he got us to a stage in 2013 where women have a right to choose. It's not murder. It's it, it's murder to sentence unwanted children to lives in families where where it's not. It, it just it, it drives me nuts. I, I can't believe that this guy would go on and on. And well, all right, the guy is the Dr. Scott Masson, but where he also made the case that this leads to the dissolution of uh, say societal bonds and things like that. I mean, how do you feel about I, that notion? I just don't agree. I just don't agree. I believe. You know, I have, per- I have a personal thing here. Uh, I helped a girl, not my, I did not impregnate her. I helped her because she, this happened. I helped her. We went to Buffalo. She had to do this at 18 years old because she was not prepared to go forward. I don't know how her life would have tur- turned out if she had to go forward in that situation. Indeed. And it turned out that she then became a medical professional who mm-hmm. helps young women mm-hmm. in, a cert- in that same condition. Mm-hmm. And Scott, well, well, how does Scott respond to that? Well, the way I would respond to it is that you're right. You don't know how it would have turned out, but you do know how it did turn out because an intervention happened. I would also say that once people are involved in either abortion or facilitating it or encouraging it or aiding and abetting it, what they are doing is they are taking a human life and they are complicit in the act of murder or not, if not involved in it. As a consequence, they are going to strongly resist that anything uh, illicit or immoral has happened. And so consciences are seared on this matter. I would say as a society, we do not protect the most uh, vulnerable and those are the unborn. They can't stand well, up for themselves. And then once you've made a decision as a society that you don't extend the protections of life to those that are most vulnerable, then it's only a matter of time before we go to the elderly being a drain on the society or the handicap being too... Uh, Come on, that hasn't happened. That is it, happening as we speak in the euthanasia debates. That is happening as we speak worldwide and you know it. So, uh, you're so saying Scott has just called thousands of Canadian women and their loved ones and partners, including Jason, murderers. And so, Jason, like your, how do you feel to be called Church a murderer? And abettors of it. That's precisely what I have said. Well, and so you, you think we're embracing a, a culture of death then? It's a culture of death that is precisely what it is, and it presents itself in terms of liberation, reproductive freedom, and yet at every turn this liberation is actually an enslavement. It's led to deaths. A it's culture led- of death is seeing hundreds of women die every year, which is what was happening before. It's still and happening. And what continues to happen from, it's still from happening. botched backdoor abortions. And now, and-, it's the, and now it's the killing of women on, on, on a massive scale in gender side. These are young women. 
whose oh, lives are on. being terminated because We've of the segway. choice, the pressure put on them by families, including is, men. And well, that was the law that was being proposed by one of the conservative backbenchers. Stephen Harper didn't want to pick up on that and take that any further. I mean, uh, so Scott's point... Because he doesn't want to uh, commit political suicide by doing what Scott has just done. He doesn't want to do the right thing. Most, uh, most of his constituents murderers. Let's I mean, this is absurd. Mohammed Milton, hello, you're on the Oakley Show. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, great, Mohammed. Thank you. Good day for talking to John. John, here is my beef here. They say a freedom of movement to choose. Morgan Tyler is a mass murderer, John. He is a mass murderer. He's a co-killer. Shay DeNovo voted uh, against the uh, football uh, uh, legislation, but she's okay with killing unborn babies. Hmm. How about a woman's choice not to get pregnant? I understand in a rape situation, John, There are two people involved in a pregnancy, no, no, I think. No, Shay, let me make my point, and then take your mic and speak your mind out, please, okay? Respect me as I respect you, and respect your opinion. Why is not the woman's choice to not to get pregnant instead of taking a screwdriver and killing an unborn baby? You may as well have it uh, delivered and just shoot in the head. Thank you, John. Uh, well, uh, nobody's she- talking about it. what we were talking about is avoiding the kind of screwdriver scenario Muhammad just described. That's what used to happen and still happens where abortion is illegal. Women die constantly. And remember, we're talking about a lot of young girls, many of them underage, some victims of incest, victims of rape. Uh, these are Very all people percentage. who Scott would call murderers. Well, uh, I mean, th- this is uh, this is uh, uh, egregious and. Uh, Muhammad, quite frankly, it takes two to uh, it, you know bring about a pregnancy. The same people who are against abortion actually are the ones who fight against family planning. Period. Well, not true. Uh, you know, I mean, the, what I'm looking at though, the legacy of uh, Morgenthaler and being jailed first and then finally lionized with the Order of Canada. There's obviously whether you want to call it an evolution or a devolution. Either way, uh, there's a change, and it's even reflected more recently in the CBS New York Times poll that came out earlier this week. I guess it was back in February, my apologies, where uh, Catholics uh, who are self-identified amongst the various uh, issues that define our time, 74% think abortion ought to be available in certain circumstances. And I'm saying there seems to be some kind of a seismic shift in social mores or changes. And now when it comes to the Catholic Church, I don't know if you can, can you still be a Catholic if you don't subscribe to the doctrine, to the letter of the law? I mean, can you still be a Catholic in good standing? How important is a doctrine to one's faith? Scott Masson? It's essential. If you don't adhere to the doctrine, then you don't adhere to the word of God who uh, inspired the doctrine. So long as the doctrine is in accordance with the Bible, then it's essential to it. Well, all right, but Sherry, you know, people say they'd rather follow their own conscience in these matters. You're a doctor of divinity. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you say in this matter? I mean, As people... I said before, there's nothing in the Bible uh, that is, is anti-abortion, not one word. Abortion. This is a, a cultural overlay, um, quite frankly, a very patriarchal one. And I know many, many Catholics who not only use birth control, uh, but also... Uh, Are they still Catholics you know, in that sense, then, the they, sense? They feel extremely faithful... Um, um, and they are, and of course, you know, the vast majority of Christians feel that way too, not just Catholics. So only 6% of Canadians in an Ipsos Reid poll uh, so taken a year ago moved. feel the way Scott does. Only 6% think abortion should be considered mur- murder. That's, that's a very small percentage. So we've moved from science and theology to people's feelings, and Sherry's going to talk about uh, objective reality and talk about law and talk about uh, what is good science and just and right. Science is not on Scott's side. Science Science is entirely on my side, actually. Development 
begins at conception and it continues after birth. We develop teeth after we're born. Women I, develop breasts after we're born. I don't know who you're quoting born. here because there is no consensus as to when human life starts. There's human life in sperm okay, and I'm eggs. Okay, I'm quoting Dr. And Marine so, Pondek, uh, Associate Professor of Neurobiology and Anatomy at the well, University uh, of Utah okay. School of Medicine. There is, uh, so one would be, and that's what led people like yourself to be against uh, family planning, against using a what pill. What does that have to do this, with the topic? Because there's life in sperm and ova, too. There's life in cells. No, life begins, no, no. A right, human life know, begins when the two come together. I wanted to uh, get back to the issue, though, of these uh, self-identified Catholics for a case in point when it comes sure. to how people identify, you know, still feel they're uh, spiritual or religious people. But, uh, like, for example, the uh, poll from the New York Times, CBS, found 74% think abortion ought to be available. These are Catholics now. That's totally antithetical to the doctor. 61% favor the death penalty, and uh, 62% of American Catholics think same-sex marriages should be legal. Mm -hmm. So uh, are they cafeteria Catholics? Have they disqualified themselves from being considered as such? And that's why I get back to my point. Uh, Doctrine, you say, is critical to... uh, Can we distinguish between faith and uh, a religion? Or am I parsing terms here? Is it a semantic argument? You know what I'm saying? I mean, can you still be considered to be a practitioner of the faith if you go counter to what the authorities are telling? Well, if your belief and what is true can part ways, no, you cannot be anymore. The faith would mean nothing if it weren't, if weren't anchored in, in certain truths. It would, it would be meaningless. You could talk okay. about a faith and you could believe in anything. Let's go to Gary in the beach. What do you got, Gary? Well, I don't think you need to be religious to believe in life. And you know, when one right. caller said, it's 2013, I've been hearing that for years. It's the 90s. Listen, the women's movement movement has been the most damaging movement in our society. This movement celebrates Dr. Morgenthaler, who didn't see a fetus as a life. Now we have a Philadelphia doctor killing kids after birth. Right. Is it too late to kill someone after they were born, Mr. Noble? If not, why not? Thank you. Oh, that, that's patently absurd. And by the way, it would be nice to hear from a woman. We've had three men calling in, so I would, I would encourage women, especially women who have been faced with an unwanted pregnancy to call in because, you know, these are the folk that we're, we're of course dealing with on this show. Uh, but that, that clearly uh, nobody supports killing children. Uh, again, you Dr. Do. Morgenthal himself lived through the Holocaust. He was a Holocaust survivor. He spent 18 months in jail. Uh, he had a heart attack while in solitary confinement. He was a t- Hacked. He, he was had abusive six to every woman in his, tr- in his family. Of death threats. These are the same people who want to support embryos' right to life. Who tried to firebomb his clinic twice. Tried to kill him. Kill actually kill abortion doctors in the states. This is uh, considered by the police to be an act of terrorism. So what you're saying is so, somewhat so, disingenuous well, or hypocritical. Absolutely, and I think the vast majority of Canadians and Americans get that. Well, they I get don't get that. I, uh, you know, this is not a black and white issue. The way it's all. Always presented, but you're presenting you know, it that way. Absolutely not. It's a woman's right to choose, and that's nobody's the black and white forcing issue. her to choose an abortion. But you would like to force her to be pregnant. Actually, that's the, 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 re- the reality here is that that 64 percent of women feel compelled by people outside themselves to have an abortion. Oh, I, so when you I, say, I would love to see that uh, a poll. I totally. All right. By the way, you wanted to hear poll. from women. Let's hear from some you women. We'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll take it another segment, uh, and uh, Victor will try to recruit uh, some women here because uh, I mean. 
Tony and Sherry believes that this uh, might be a stacked deck. And to her point, uh, we'll get to some women callers in a moment. Sherry DeNovo, Dr. Scott Masson. And uh, last call to the lines on whether or not Morgenthaler, his legacy, made him heroic or diabolical, and one or two other items in parting as well. Momentarily on the Oakley Show. Talk Radio, AM 640. All right, back into it. Great day for Talk Radio. A few moments yet with Sherry DeNovo and Dr. Scott Masson. And uh, on the issue of Morgenthaler's legacy, how you perceive it, Sherry wanted to hear from some women, so let's go with a slew, uh, including B. Good morning, B. Good morning. Yep. As a young woman, um, I was very pro-abortion. I thought it was my right to make a decision. Uh, with my first pregnancy, it was not going well at all, and uh, my doctor advised me to abort the fetus. Mm-hmm. She said, if, it, if it's born, in all likelihood, it will not be normal. Well, I fell apart. I did not want to make that decision. I thought, oh, you know, I would have no problem saying abort the fetus, but I did. Fortunately, I aborted naturally. So I, I still maintain that abortion should be available to the woman who wants it. No one should dictate, no one should tell us what we should do with our body. You know, and, but once you go through it, that's when you're faced with it. And um, like I said, it wasn't. It was was not something I could do, even though mentally I thought I could. And, and so, in uh, I guess retrospect, uh, through the prism of the years of Morgan Toller fighting the fight and having his clinic shut down, and uh, him being busted, going to jail, and protests and so on and so forth, and the legacy that's uh, some people draw into great disre- disrepute, uh, was he an emancipator? Yes, I admire him. All right, I appreciate your call. Let's see uh, what we get from Susan in Toronto. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, I, I lost Susan. Let me move down down the line. Oh, where are we going? Joanne, is it Joanne? It's Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Well, I'm a woman, and I don't think what Henry Morgenthaler did was tremendous. I think it was horrible. Um, as a woman, I feel protective of a life growing inside me, hmm. and I don't see it as my body. I see it as... Um, somebody else inside me that I have to take care of. I feel protective. I don't feel it's my right to decide whether to kill it. And I don't even see it as a religious issue. I don't even know why that keeps coming mm-hmm. into the equation. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to believe in God to think that murder is wrong. Mm. And if you see that life inside you as a valuable life, as a separate life, then you believe that killing it is not a good thing to do. Cherry, how do you respond? You wanted women to call in. This is a woman being frank with you. Absolutely. Well, we've had you know one woman on both sides of the issue now. Mm. Um, and again, I would uphold it's a woman's right to choose, and it's her right to choose to carry that pregnancy through absolutely as well. What I object to is a forced pregnancy, to force a woman to be pregnant when she doesn't wish to be. And remember, we're talking uh, often of cases where these were not uh, wanted pregnancies in any way, shape, or form. We're talking also, I remember walking to the Morgenthaler Clinic with a young 16-year-old who was the victim of rape and passing people jeering at her and yelling at her to be able to go in. It was a horrendous experience. Uh, That, if had we forced her to have that child, do you really think that was the best for mother and child? Now, again, it was her choice, and every woman should have that right to choose not to be forced to be pregnant uh, and to forced to have a child, to be forced to have a child. That's the question. Here. Joanne? Very seldom is the abortion issue about rape. I mean, I know lots of people who have had abortions, and none of them have been raped. Right. They've just been inconvenient, and they haven't used birth control when they should have used birth control. That's really not... 
well, the of the, of the abortion I, as a United Church minister, I counsel women who are considering it, and I have never met a woman who's taken that decision lightly. It's a terrible decision to have to make for any woman. Do you tell this them, they're, do you tell them they're going to take easy, a life when they do this? This Terry? is not an easy. No, I would never tell them that. Right, Call exactly. them a murderer because that is not Christian. And it that is, is Christian, not loving, actually, to and warn people of what is actually happening. What, well, uh, what should a, a minister do is to walk with them so that they make their decision uh, with their doctor and with their, uh, with God. All right, Joanne. And not because a law tells them. Final to do word, it. Joanne. I just think it depends upon whether you see that as a separate and valuable life. If you see it as a separate and valuable life, it's murder, whether mm-hmm. it's a, whether it's your right to choose it or not. All right, I appreciate that. Let's move uh, a few quick calls. Rob in Newmarket, go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show. I just wanted to say, well, first of all, I think both of these people are just extreme. I think scenarios call for. Uh, certain measures at any given time. But, you know, I had a girlfriend that was pregnant at one point in time. She wanted to abort. I wanted the child. So I guess her name is Sherry there. Where's my rights at that point? You were very convenient with that one caller when he called in and said, uh, what about talking about uh, women not becoming pregnant? You said, well, it takes two to tango. You're right. It does take two to tango. So where is the two in the decision? Uh, Again, um First of all, I don't think there's anything extreme in what I'm saying. I'm hold, upholding the law of the land. That is the law of the land. It is a woman's right to have an abortion. What Scott is talking about is uh, are, is as uh, contrary to our law and contrary yeah, to what most Canadians to want. To speak to his and, yes, yes, a woman has the right to choose. It is actually her body. It is we are forcing her to be pregnant. Think about the ramifications no, no, of no, that. No, I did not if force my she doesn't to want be to be pregnant, why would you we want to? To together. be we did it together okay i did not force her to be pregnant no you did not but she is so the one that's going to where, have to carry that child and give birth to that child well, he believes he has rights his dna is also part of the equation exactly. sure uh, again i, I would i would make i would you know respectfully you disagree with you Respectfully you disagree with support, you, and so would the vast majority the of Canadians. Right, appeal to the consensus of the majority, which is... And uh, to the uh, law, the law of the land. Right, well, never forget that everything that Hitler did in Germany was legal, first of all. First point. Secondly, um, the... Which is a, actually where Morgan Toller gained his sense of social justice was in the camps. Yeah, it's extraordinary. During the Holocaust, Probably, where he saw he women giving birth to children who were immediately killed. It's quite interesting. That how, was okay? It's quite interesting to see that uh, the, it's the strong that survived the Holocaust camps. How did Morgenthaler end up surviving? Whereas, oh, that is whereas actually the weak, no. The women and the children and the weak went in the ovens first. That is her, a horrendous thing to say. That is a horrendous thing that to happen, no doubt. To accuse uh, I for mean, a man I to have even, seen I, this I, and then to have honestly, done that is is horror. All right. Well, we're going to leave it on that note. That, uh, I guess the. That's uh, sad. He's gone to his great reward, however you might perceive that. Uh, Henry Morgenthaler, The Legacy, we've sort of devoted most of the time to uh, that particular discussion. So uh, as it is, uh, he passed last week at 90, and uh, we move on from there. I appreciate you coming in this morning and uh, each hanging fire with their own perspective. Dr. Scott Masson, Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Ontario NDP member for Parkdale High Park. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.